0: I am honored to welcome Lindsay Clough to the podcast today. Lindsay is a Christian-based marriage and relationship coach specializing in infidelity and pornography betrayal recovery. You will love her direct straight talking personality. And she speaks from her own experience of dealing with various forms of betrayal trauma in her own marriage. Lindsay was drawn to coaching because of the amazing effective techniques and life-changing results that she experienced with a life coach after experiencing betrayal in her own marriage. She believes in coaching and she is a wonderful coach working with couples on healing their relationships and healing their lives. So it is an honor to have Lindsay on the podcast with me today. Welcome Lindsay. Yes, you know, we, really? we are talking about betrayal trauma today. Right? Yes, it's kind of a it's relatively new terminology. I don't know if it is for you, but I have just in the last couple of years started hearing this this terminology and it comes up a lot in circles that I'm in working with people dealing with divorce. I hear people a lot of times talking about their betrayal trauma and going through betrayal trauma. So I thought it would be helpful for me and for my audience if we would talk about what is it exactly. And I brought in our expert, Lindsay Clough, (laughs) to clarify and enlighten us on betrayal trauma today. So thank you, Lindsay, for joining me. Does
1: living through betrayal trauma make you an
0: expert? I think so. I think so. I think so. And now coaching and working with other people, for sure. Yeah. 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 So break it down for us what is betrayal trauma
1: okay so first off I'm like you betrayal trauma wasn't something that I had heard of until like four years ago when like my husband and I were going through like our huge blow up right like I had an emotional affair my husband was addicted to pornography and so like we ended up doing betrayal trauma to each other which is like a terrible sandwich so um That was the first time I heard about it, and it always always interested me, right? Like, what is betrayal trauma? And I'll tell you, like, one of the things that betrayal trauma can occur when the people or institutions that a person depends on for survival significantly violate that person's trust or well-being, right? And so, like, trauma often affects the way a person functions in life and can affect the way that their brain works.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: there are like several forms of betrayal trauma, right? Like I think sometimes we think of betrayal trauma as like an adult trauma,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but actually like childhood, physical, emotional, sexual abuse by their caregiver is betrayal trauma, right? That's an example. Or like if you're in the workplace and they're not following like an ethical practice and you speak out and then they punish you for it, right? Like they're betraying your trust. You have this, negotiation where you're like i'm safe at work and then they violate that and then all of a sudden it's like i'm not safe at work anymore you can experience it with your friends where you've been betrayed by a friend and it's like deeply hurtful and changes the way that you think about people and show up around people but yeah like i said most people are most familiar with infidelity and pornography betrayal trauma
0: okay That definitely makes it more clear. I think it's interesting that you brought up the point that you and your husband both were actually experiencing betrayal trauma, even though you both had acted in ways that were harmful to your spouse, but you were still feeling betrayed. Um, I want to say like
1: for that situation, because I had undealt with betrayal trauma that I didn't have words for, I didn't understand it just, like, put me into victim mentality. And so then, like, I ended up manifesting my own betrayal of my husband, right, through my mm. emotional affair on him.
0: I think uh, that's really common. Actually, I think that happens so much in a marriage. When one person is checked out or dealing with a, I don't know, acting out on with pornography addiction, the other spouse feels the disconnection, even if they don't know about it yet. and. Yeah puts their effort and energy somewhere else and they disconnect and many times act in ways that betray their spouse. So I think it's very common.
1: It's true. And part of betrayal trauma too is like as an adult understanding like that you have to heal your own relationship with yourself first, because when we are betrayed, there's a part of us that judges ourselves. Like how did we allow that to happen? Mm -hmm. And. So there's just like this understanding that we have to like heal with ourselves, understand that we don't have control over other people and that we take the initiative, right? It's not like other people, like someone betrayed us. So now they have to fix it. It's no, like somebody hurt me and now I am responsible for healing myself. So Uh,
0: that is such an important point. I'm curious about like an official diagnosis. Is it something that must be diagnosed by a therapist or can you decide I'm betrayed by my spouse and now I feel trauma from it? How, how is it diagnosed?
1: You know, I would say that most people probably self-diagnose themselves. You can easily Google the symptoms from reputable sources to see if that is you, right? If you're matching Mm -hmm. those symptoms. Um, But if you want like a real legit diagnosis, you're gonna need to go see a licensed therapist or a licensed trained trauma professional for that like official diagnosis. So good to know. I would say though, like if you're having intrusive thoughts, right? Like I have a, for example, I have a friend whose husband was addicted to pornography for years. And she would find herself just like out and about running errands. And like she would remember. And it was like this total gut punch all over again. And she would start feeling her whole body dysregulate and get super emotional and would like cry at the grocery store, right? She's like reaching up for the ketchup to put in her cart. And all of a sudden, she just like burst into tears. Mm -hmm. Um, Since they've worked on that and she's worked on her healing, that doesn't happen as much but she still has it from time to time. She just knows how to catch it and start to regulate herself more than she did at the beginning. So I would say that's a huge sign, uh, a form of trauma is that intrusive thinking.
0: Okay, which leads to my next question. How does it show up in your life? It would be from the symptoms or in a marriage. Let's say if you're still married or you're going through divorce, would it be through the symptoms? Honestly, it's going to be through like symptoms, but
1: also actions, right? Like you asked me about my marriage earlier and I had undealt with trauma from my husband's porn addiction. And so then it reflected in my actions and it kind of distanced us. So like for me, I would say like it can show up in numerous ways in a marriage, but first is like undealt with or unhealed trauma from your childhood, teen years, time before marriage, basically. Or like, early in your marriage that you didn't take care of, right? It will affect the way that you show up in your marriage. It will shape your beliefs. Um, It will shape the way you react to your spouse in difficult and contentious situations, right? Like you either open up or you withdraw or or you guys talk about it or you run away, you like slam the door. It's going to show up in your behaviors and then it's going to show up in the way you think you have undealt with trauma a lot of the times you're gonna not feel like you're good enough
0: right right. and
1: so every argument that you have you're gonna feel off balance and it's always gonna come back to like you don't think I'm good enough or Mm. this is wrong with our marriage and so you're constantly like pulling away but just like other ways that you it shows up right is Cheating spouses, spouses with addictions, like you're going to get it from that. A spouse that gaslights you a lot. You're Mm -hmm. going to end up with betrayal trauma from a narcissistic spouse. Spouses that just chronically lie to you. I've had people who like had drastic financial lies occur in their life. I had a friend who found out that her husband had put them into debt of $120,000. Wow. And they gaslighted her for it when he when she confronted him, right? And so these things all significantly damage the trust in a marriage. And so right.
0: that's just like some of the ways that it can show
1: up in a marriage,
0: yeah, um, uh, many of those precede divorce. Many of my clients, i I hear stories like these that lead to the end of a marriage, not solely this, but, you know, the consequences and fallout. First of all, how would a person? heal or overcome betrayal trauma i know you talked about it a little bit a few minutes ago saying that if you have experienced it you have to take action to overcome it even though it was your spouse or your parent or some other person who caused that trauma it is your responsibility to work through it what is that what does that look like
1: Yeah. So I'm a big believer of like the you may not have been the one to wound you, but it's your job to stop the bleeding and oversee your healing or you'll bleed on everyone around you. Right. Yeah. So what that's going to look like is doing your inner work. And that takes courage. Right. To look inward. And um, I'll say this, like a lot of marriages and like even in therapy, I went to therapy for six months my spouse, and I learned some really good things, but a lot of it had to do with external remedies. Mm -hmm. But once I did my inner work, I went inside and I worked to redirect and retrain like my brain's neuropathways. That's when my real healing started to happen, right? Part of healing from trauma is learning what true forgiveness looks like and why you even want to forgive somebody. It's not for them, it's literally because it releases you from fight, flight, freeze state of mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you don't forgive that person, you keep yourself stuck there and it hurts your body and it causes inflammation. And so, like, you want to work to forgive somebody, right? Because you want to make room for love and light and allow yourself to not be, you know,
0: overstimulated all the time. That is beautiful. I love that. It has to start with you, no matter who or what caused the trauma or the wound. A lot of people ask me, many of my clients ask, you know, is it possible to stay in a marriage where I have been betrayed so badly? They've hurt me. They've, you know, had an extramarital affair and it went on for years and they've told millions of lies. Your example of your own story is such a beautiful answer to that. But I would love to hear what you have to say. If one or both of you are dealing with betrayal trauma, is it possible, you know, save a marriage in that case? And if so, how? Yeah,
1: it totally is. And I think that's what drew me to marriage coaching was knowing the potential goodness and love that comes out of a marriage that has suffered from betrayal trauma. I'm attracted to that because like it has so much love and joy and strength that comes out of it. When you get to see a family that comes back together,
0: Mm -hmm. it's
1: just so inspiring. But again, it takes a trained, trusted guide to help you on this journey, right? That can teach you the tools, the model, the manual, boundaries, learning to love yourself and having your own back. For me, it was very important to understand and learn what godly confidence was versus Mm -hmm. confidence that the world offers us.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely. Such a different thing. And it's the opposite of what you think. It's confidence in humility. It's being willing to forgive, being willing to be vulnerable, you know, admit you made mistakes. Maybe you betrayed your spouse also. And you have to own that. And then you also have to own and take responsibility for your hurt, you know, that you're feeling from their betrayal. But I love your story. And I think it's so inspiring and beautiful that you are so open about it and willing to share it. And I believe in marriage. You know, I mostly work with people that are divorced, but I know it is possible to save a marriage where both people are willing. And. Um, want to save it and are committed to do whatever it takes and your example is just a shining beautiful example of that so thank you (laughs) thank you of course so if let's say I'm working with a client they're divorced and they're still dealing with all of this betrayal trauma how would they go through working through that before getting remarried and I'm assuming it's obvious but Would you recommend that they do that before they get in another relationship?
1: Yes, absolutely. I do think it's necessary to start that healing process before getting into a new relationship where you're going to drag all of your newfound wounds like into the next relationship, right? And that's Mm -hmm. where that whole thing comes back up again of like, you didn't hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. It's your job to stop the bleeding or you're going to bleed on everyone around you because you're Mm going to bleed all over your new relationship. And if you both, I will say this, like most people have trauma and when your trauma is triggered, there's just something about that energy that triggers in somebody else. And when you have two grown adults who are triggered, they have a hard time regulating. And if they Mm -hmm. don't know how to self-regulate and they're relying on each other to regulate them. That causes a lot of friction and causes a lot of people to not know how to heal in that marriage, like how to rely on that person, right? You go into it and you're like, I thought you were going to be there for me. I didn't want to be alone. Like, right? You have my back, right? And we're always fighting. You're now my enemy instead of my friend, right? It's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: when you stop and think about it, it's most likely two highly triggered people who are depending on each other to regulate their partner. Yeah. Even regulate themselves. So, how are they supposed to regulate their partner? So, if you can heal that or you can start that healing process beforehand, like I just feel like it gives you
0: a leg up in the next relationship. For sure. I think that's really good advice. So, if someone is listening right now and maybe they're divorced or divorcing or considering divorce, or maybe they've been single for many years and they're You know, thinking back about their marriage or their life, and they feel like they have this, it's unresolved betrayal trauma from their first marriage or from their childhood. What would you recommend for them? How could they get started in treating their wounds and starting this healing process?
1: I would first say, like, find a coach, a therapist, or a counselor who specializes in marriage, divorce, relationships. And don't be afraid to keep searching till you find your best fit, right? There are going to be people who just like don't sit right with you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Move on and find the person that is going to help you. It's your job to create your cheerleading team. And you need one of those, right? So you add your trusted friends, your family, professional, spiritual advisors, people from your community, just like create a team that has your back. Mm-hmm. and then. Allow them to go to work to help you and know that it's going to be a process, a process where you're maybe physically you change things, right? You start working out and eating healthier and getting the appropriate amount of sleep and start reading more self-help books or listening to podcasts that like feed your brain and feel feed your spirit where you get to know heavenly father and you pray more often and you meditate and then you have your good friends who just will let you vent and then you Mm -hmm. have your coach or your therapist who doesn't allow you to stay stuck right like Mm -hmm. we'll listen and we'll hear you and we know you're going through a hard time but we're gonna help you to move forward right and just know that each job Or each person will have their job and role in your healing, but you're the boss.
0: Right. Right. You've got to
1: drive that healing. Yes. And at the end of the day, people can try and help you as much as you will allow them. But if you don't listen, if you don't apply the things they're trying to help you with, then you're the one that's holding up your own healing.
0: Mm -hmm. That is such good advice. You know, you actually just reminded me. When I was first married to my second husband, my husband now, I remember feeling when he was running late from work or I didn't hear from him for a while, I would automatically, my brain would automatically go to this like suspicious, doubtful, mistrusting place. And I recognized early on, like, that is not from him. Like we were just married. I had no reason to doubt him. It was unresolved trauma from my first marriage. And I had just carried it with me. And I thought it was resolved because I was single and I wasn't, you know, I was divorced and I had been single and I didn't, I wasn't in a relationship where I was depending on someone else. And so it didn't surface again until I was remarried. I noticed that I had all this suspicion about like wanting to check his phone because my ex-husband had a pornography addiction and ultimately led to extramarital affairs and the end of our marriage. And so it was just in me, this doubt and this mistrust and this suspicion. I realized like, I don't trust men. Like I don't trust, I don't trust him. And it's not because of anything that my husband's done. It's because it was in me. I really long before I found coaching, I had to catch myself with those thoughts. I think it was like my early days of understanding my thoughts, control everything. I started questioning, like, why am I? suspicious. I have no reason to question him. And like, I had to like talk myself back out of it and say, I know he loves me. He honors me. He is not my ex. This is my new husband. And I need to base my feelings, my decisions, my thoughts on the situation here, not what happened many, many years ago. And the pattern that I was used to and doubting and being suspicious it took years of practicing that and coaching myself through that and being aware of that thought and being aware of those feelings that would come up. I just I had to practice it a lot.
1: Yeah, a lot of the times we think that the past stays in the past, but it doesn't. It just pops up in different formations over and over and over. And I feel like it's the universe's way of trying to help us overcome it and deal with it and face it and make peace with it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um but if we don't recognize that then we'll just keep repeating patterns and hurting ourselves in the long run Mm -hmm. and so it's good to remember the past doesn't stay in the past it will always come back in one way or another and so it's good to just like turn around and face your past head on
0: yeah that's so true It's important. Yeah, you think you're getting away from it. I thought I was getting away from that by, you know, when the marriage ended, we were gone our separate ways. You know, that wasn't part of me anymore. It wasn't part of my life, but it still was. And you're so right. It came back up and it continued to come back up until I personally had to deal with it and address it. First, I had to acknowledge it, that it was that was what was driving all of that uncomfortable feeling. My husband would come home and he's like, why are you upset? Why are you frustrated with me? And I had to really figure out like, why am I? It's not anything he did. It was me. It was those old patterns, those old thoughts. And then once I started acknowledging it, I had to work through it, help myself overcome those hurtful thoughts that created hurtful feelings that were causing the same problem in my new marriage, even though he wasn't making those same choices. I was afraid of it and that fear was in me and I was acting on the fear.
1: Changing the circumstance isn't going to get rid of it, Mm -hmm. right? We think that like you changed the circumstance of one husband to a Mm -hmm. different husband, but it's like you said, it stayed with you until you decided to alter and change and be intentional Mm -hmm. with
0: how you treated your new marriage. For sure. And what's interesting is it's easy to think my ex-husband had an addiction. He had a problem. It was his problem that was causing the problems in our marriage. But my reaction to it, my trauma from his problem also created problems for me, you know, it problems in my new marriage because I was wounded. I was insecure and worried. Like, is my new husband doing the same thing? Is that what all men do? And You know, I had all these doubts and fears, and luckily he was, he was very patient and understanding that that's what I was working through. And I think having a coach is the key because like you said, you had learned a lot in therapy, but you didn't really know how to make the internal changes until you started working with a coach. Well, you know, I focus on helping people find joy in their journey whatever that is, divorce or trials or struggles in their life. And I would love to know what finding joy in the journey means to you. I think that finding joy in the journey means
1: that I live more in the moment, right? Even in the hard times. It's for me looking for the lessons and the beauty and the way I'm being strengthened. I remember just being in the thick of it with my own marriage at the time. and still being able to see God's hand in my life, the way that he was supporting me. I go out of my way to see the way that he is supporting me because then I feel more empowered. Mm -hmm. Life is 50-50 and I'm no stranger to trials. Like I've had my fair share in this life, but my trust in Heavenly Father and that he loves me and that he has my back allows me to feel confident that I'm always going to be okay in the end. And if I'm not okay, it's not the end. Just knowing that I'm not alone and that I have people on this side of the veil and on the other side of the veil that are cheering me on, like, gives me joy, gives me strength, helps me have the courage to keep going on my journey.
0: Oh, that's beautiful, Lindsay. Thank you so much. Well, this has just been such a pleasure. I'm so grateful for your time and your willingness to share with us today. Let my audience know how they can get in touch with you. If someone is looking for a coach, help in their marriage and overcoming betrayal trauma as a couple. How can they find you?
1: I'm most active on Instagram at my Instagram handle is at Lindsay Clough. It's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-C-L-U-F-F. And Life Coaching with Linz is also my other Instagram handle, but it's attached to my main one. So if you can't find one, look for the other. I have a website, lindsayclough.com. So those are all the ways that you can reach out to me. And I love talking to people and I love helping people. So if you ever have questions, don't be shy.
0: Just send me a DM. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I really appreciate you being here and You've been really helpful to me and to, I know, all of my listeners. So thank you. Thanks. So good, girl. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.